yes, this is definitely this is definitely going to be a source material comics podcast. We are pulling together my good pals, Evan Bevins, Chris Armstrong. Devin, are you ready to talk some new Fantastic Four tonight? Jesse, I am never not ready to talk new Fantastic Four. Good, good, good. And Chris Armstrong, what do you think, man? You ready to talk some new Fantastic Four? I would love to discuss the world's goofiest comic magazine, Fantastic Four. It's <laughs> a great tagline right there on the front of the issue. Yeah. Changes each issue, you know. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it does, it does. So... <laughs> Evan, this was kind of like one of the ones you had suggested. Kind of give our listeners an idea why you wanted to talk about these three issues. This is 347, 348, and 349 of Fantastic Four. Why did you want to talk about those? Like I said, I always want to talk about it. This is one of my favorite, just offbeat, weird comic stories. I've always liked alternate versions of characters and teams. And, I mean, nowadays, everybody's been a member of every team. Like, name a Marvel team, Wolverine's not on. Not just the Mm -hmm. X-teams, any of them. And, uh, you know, except for... uh, a, a few changes here and there. In fact, we were coming out of the era where uh, Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman left for a while and went over to the Avengers and Ms. Marvel, not Carol Danvers, not Kamala Khan, and Crystal joined the FF. But other than that, and a few hiccups here and there, it was the, the core four. Then this issue, I remember uh, my mom picked it up at the hospital gift shop. Nobody was sick. She worked at the hospital and uh, <laughs> brought it home. And I, I, I had read and collected Fantastic Four off and on. And it was just like, hey, here's here's this comic. And uh, I opened it and I had no idea what I was in store for. Mm. Why I pestered you to do it now, Marvel, uh, in apparently a bid to get more money from grumpy old comic fans like me who uh, liked things better yes- in yesteryear, is producing a bunch of incontinuity flashback uh, limited series, including the new Fantastic Four written by Peter David. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you put new Fantastic Four and Peter David on there, and uh, you know I can just fire up the uh, Futurama Take My Money gif and go to town. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure my first Fantastic Four issue was uh, number 350. I, I did have uh, 348 and 349 within a couple years because I knew by then I knew later that they did the new Fantastic Four story. I was a big Ghost Rider fan. Obviously, I loved Wolverine and uh, Spider Man. So I think I picked up the back picked up back issues of, of 48 and 49. I never had 347, but yeah, I uh, specifically remember reading. 349 in like an Italian village uh, pizza restaurant that had just opened near my house. My mom was like, why is that guy got a skull on his shirt when she saw the cover? <laughs> like she, like a worried mom. Like, what are you reading? I don't, I don't mean to, I don't mean to criticize your story, but you, you, you paused at the wrong, you're like, I remember reading this in an Italian village and I'm like, Oh man, that sounds like an <laughs> pizza restaurant. Uh, <laughs> I should have stopped there. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. I just, I, I, I thought we were going to go in a whole nother. I'm like, wow, was it in <laughs> Italian? Tell me about this, uh, this trip, Chris. The, yeah, the mysterious traveling years of Chris Armstrong <laughs> traveling the world as a teenager. I'm I read to... Inspan number three in Croatia. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, they, these are four of the hottest characters in the 90s right now The Incredible Hulk, Spider Man, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider are coming together in a Fantastic Four comic and becoming the new Fantastic Four. I'm wondering if either of you have any background info on, like, how they picked the new Fantastic Four. I mean, I'm sure it was just like, these are the most popular guys. 
I should have looked it up. I, I've read it off and on over the years. I think that it was supposed to be, I mean, obviously with the taglines like World's Goofiest Comic Magazine and some of the other stuff, I think it was supposed to be like a, a parody on I- events and like some of the, kind of the overexposed characters. Uh, I mean, cause with, with the exception of the Hulk, I was reading reading Hulk then, but I mean, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine were everywhere yeah. in, in, in the 90s. And I think it was supposed to be kind of like a, a, a parody or sort of a tweak on that. And it wound up enduring. I mean, like like I said, Marvel's putting out a new Fantastic Four limited series as we speak. And mm-hmm. this version of the team has popped up over and over. I, I think I remember reading that it, it struck a chord that, that people really didn't, it was just supposed to be kind of a goofy one-off thing. And, um, and it's it still, they, they keep coming up, uh, over and over. Yeah, yeah. For just three issues, these three issues are in the three hundreds of this comic. And it's since then, you know, it's been renumbered and whatever, but it's a small, tiny little microcosm of this huge title. And it's had that much of a lasting impact. 347 and three uh, through 349 of Fantastic Four. Our first issue, cover dated December of 1990, was on sale October 23rd of 1990. It was written by a Walter Simonson. These are a lot of crea- this creative team I've heard of. Walter Simonson, a writer penciled by Art Adams and then inked by Art to Bear. So all three of those guys have quite a legacy, especially in 80s, 90s Marvel at this point. Mm-hmm. Lettered by Bill Oakley and colored by Stephen J. Buccaletto is what I want to go with. Or, yeah, Buccaletto. That's That sounds great to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so our first story here is called Big Trouble. Big Trouble on Little <laughs> Earth. In our first issue, the Fantastic Four are attacked and rendered unconscious, unconscious, unconscious by a scroll named Delilah. Delilah. Delilah was being chased by a team of scrolls from her homeworld, but landed on Monster Isle in the Bermuda Triangle. When the squad is attacked by the large monsters, uh, they turn the tables by enslaving the monsters and sending them to find Delilah. However, this does not please the ruler of Monster Isle, the Mole Man. Now we switch to Spider-Man, who is heading towards Four Freedoms Plaza with a nagging spider sense tingle and ends up running into the Hulk and Wolverine, who are there as well, saying they had been summoned there by a voice in their heads. As they're about to enter the building, Ghost Rider appears and rides up the side of the tower towards the top. All four are finally greeted by Sue Richards, who says she awoke to find the rest of the Fantastic Four dead. She explains the monsters coming and attacking uh, the United States and, and other parts. I think it's all they're all going towards the United States, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, it's, being... it's the major population centers around the world, I think. Right. They're being driven by the same person that did the killing, and she gives uh, these four some technology, some good old Fantastic Four technology, and we'll just put that in quotes uh, to find out who it is. Wanting to avenge their fallen friends, Hulk, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Spider-Man look to find out who did this, and their first stop will be confronting one of the many monsters attacking the United States to determine who is behind this heinous attack. So there we go. That is... Our first issue, issue 347 uh, synopsis. So I'm going to start with you, Evan. I mean, what do you think of this uh, this issue? What are your thoughts? Just, uh, I mean, th- this was, you know, super n- nostalgia for me. But I, I remember what I enjoyed about it. I mean, even before you get you get the, the four uh, guest stars at the end, it, it just, it drops you right in. I hadn't read the few issues before this. And, uh, you know, even when it was coming out, 
But, I mean, I, I didn't feel lost at all. I mean, I know Johnny's having inappropriate thoughts about Nebula. Before yeah. She got her Guardians of the Galaxy look. Um, <laughs> you know, and there's there's all this, you know, Fantastic Four uh, soap opera going on because Johnny married Ben's longtime girlfriend, who, spoiler alert, turns out to be a scroll in two years. And Ben's not the thing, but his girlfriend is, and um, yeah. and you, you got the callback to uh, Sue Richards and Namor as as Delilah's, uh, you know, in their kind of getting everybody to let their guard down and and taking them out one by one. She totally forgets about Franklin though. But uh, and I'll just say right now, any anything I go, well, that didn't make sense or whatever is uh, is quickly brushed aside because I I adore this story. It, it's a great comic. You, I don't know what you guys thought about it, but I. Uh, I knew exactly where, where I was in the story. I couldn't tell you what happened in issue 346, but I knew where everybody was, and I knew everything I needed to know uh, to, to make this work. And then you got Art Art Adams' art. is just, He's probably my, my favorite artist. Um, yeah. And I had forgotten about this, but, man, nobody draws scrolls like Art Adams. <laughs> so, I mean, right. he, he, gives, he gives everybody a strong chin. So, you know, scrolls <laughs> have distinctive chins anyway. And then, yeah, giant monsters. It's like, what do you, what do you want uh, Art Adams to draw? The Hulk and giant monsters. Okay, <laughs> here you go. He also makes, like, all the scrolls have, like, a distinct look instead of just yes. all looking the same, you know, uh, random alien, you know. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, the body types, the the facial expressions. Yeah, he, uh, you know, it, when the, when they bring Secret Invasion back for the eighth time for the Disney Plus series, they at least need <laughs> to get Art Adams to do the covers. I, I think it's most what he does nowadays, but uh, yeah. Yeah, Art Adams is a fantastic artist. And to have Art to Bear kind of ink over him, I think, sets it off, too. I was just kind of scrolling through here or looking through this issue. Godzilla makes an appearance <laughs> <laughs> on Franklin's shirt. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, just it's just a little. Uh, uh, he's wearing a shirt that has Godzilla on the front of it, but uh, nice oh, I, did, I of, didn't even notice that. I, yeah. I was wondering if you were referring to the incontinuity Marvel Godzilla that is not legally allowed to be called Godzilla anymore. That's the only thing. <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of as to why they put that in there. They were like, "Oh, yeah. we could uh, sneak Godzilla in on this monster comic real quick." Uh, and there he is. I had to do some research on. I called her Miss Thing. That isn't her name, right? What is, <laughs> no, what is, no, that, that's actually thing. a later character. Uh, <laughs> okay. she, was going, she was going by Ms. Marvel at this point, although a lot of times she's referred to now as She Thing. I, I had been reading Fantastic Four off and on a couple years, but she was already uh, thinged up. And uh, but her, her name's Sharon Ventura. I think she was a supporting character in Thing's solo series a few years before this. I, I want to say. She, she maybe got powers from the power broker, but she was involved in like uh, unlimited class wrestling. That was okay. kind of a, a, a subplot in, in the thing. And I, I remember I, I have an issue of the thing where he takes on Marvel's. Well, actually he doesn't take on Marvel's not Godzilla, which is the whole point of the issue. But like Sharon Ventura is a stunt woman on a movie and they were dating when he was all Rocky and she was a human. Mm. And then somehow she got thing powers and they were both things at the same time when he looked like a pineapple and then uh, <laughs> he lost his powers and was human for a long time. And she was the muscle on the fantastic four. Okay. There is enough in this comic uh, to make it like they had to get mole man in here and they had to get monster Isle in here. Uh, granted it, you know, there's it's um, you could almost do this story without that even happening sort of, mm -hmm. but it's great that they included it because it almost, know. it almost seems like either, Art Adams was like, hey, I want to draw Mole Man. 
Right. Or Simonson was like, hey, I want you to draw my old man, so I'm going to write him in here. Right, right. Somebody had, somebody wanted that character to be a part of this. Uh, but, I, you know, it could just be a thing where like, we want to draw giant monsters. Well, you know where the giant monsters come from. Yeah. Oh, crap, Mole Man. Okay, well, we'll figure out something for Mole Man to do, too. You know, I, I've, I've heard people uh, complain, spoiler alerts, about Shang-Chi. Like, why is there a kaiju battle at the end? Why would mm. you not? want giant monsters i mean exactly like hey we're going to replace the fantastic four with the four most popular marvel characters uh of this era what else do we need eh, giant monsters Sold. <laughs> done done uh all right chris what'd you think man uh yeah i mean echoing kind of what evan was saying like it it's a perfect like jumping in like you it gives you what you need to know about all the characters like really quickly there's a lot of stuff going on in those first like seven or eight pages oh yeah and I like how, like, there's, like, four consecutive pages that are just uh, Delilah, you know, seducing and then incapacitating each of the characters. Everybody, right. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that now if there were, like, four one-shots showing, like, how she did that with each oh my character. Gosh, you're, you're right. There would be a flashback <laughs> to Sue flirting yeah. with Namor. Oh, man, you're – Yeah. I, I did like when they mentioned uh, Monster Isle, like that immediately made me think of the Simpsons episode when Lisa had a dream sequence and she was sentenced to Monster Island. I now pronounce you president of these United... Stop the inauguration. I just discovered a president-elect got it up in second grade gym class. In that case, I sentence you to a lifetime of horror on Monster Island. Don't worry, it's just a name. He said it was just a name! What he meant is that Monster Island is actually a peninsula. <sighs> I think this was the first time I'd ever read anything with Grey Hulk in it. Oh, uh, wow, no kidding. And I like the, I like the Grey Hulk version. I wouldn't want him to always be this version, but it's cool to see, you know, to, to, to read stuff throughout Marvel history and see when the Grey Hulk pops up. Because that's a, that's an interesting version of the Hulk. Gray Hulk and Wolverine coexisting in the same space, yeah, uh, is really neat to see because they've there's a great cover to a Wolverine. Uh, I wish I could remember what number it is. It's like Wolverine number four, maybe number six. Could be number eight. I can't remember. Anyway, seven and eight was I, sorry was was when um, Hulk showed up in Wolverine. So, okay, perfect. Uh, I knew it was, I knew it was in the single digits because they're both dressed in tuxes. Oh and, yeah. you know yeah and yeah that's you know, number eight. I love that cover, uh, but yet just seeing these two guys together, they don't have a great history already. And Mister Fixit is like, uh, granted, he's and I don't, I don't think he's called Mister Fixit here, but back then, you know, that's kind of how I knew him. Gray Hulk <laughs> is all he's obviously intelligent, but he's like this real grumpy, real grumpy, uh, smart ass Hulk is what he is. Yeah. He, he he's got this attitude about him, and you can see that in these issues, which I think I like that they hold true to that which is good, but uh, I've read quite a bit with the Grey Hulk in at least, uh, you know, back in the day. This would have been the very tail end of the Mr. Fix-It era because I know, uh, like, less than a year later when Infinity Gauntlet Oh, yeah, he's an Infinity Gauntlet. Green Hulk, so. Yeah, he's like the intelligent great Green Hulk in that. At that point, that was supposed to be the combined version with Banner's brains, the Green Hulk strength, and the Grey Hulk's attitude, and then uh, a few years later, they... Uh, revealed that uh, that was just another alter ego. It, it was supposed to be that Doc Samson had combined them all, and Samson's like, uh, no, you were just losing control, so I brought out another personality to calm <laughs> everything down. What, wasn't there a name for that personality? 
That was the, uh, the professor, professor, professor Hulk, something Thank like that. You. Yeah. Okay. All right, Chris, long tangent there. I'm sorry. Go ahead and continue. Oh, you're good. There's a lot of little comedic moments in this. And one of my favorites is when they all like Ghost Rider zooms up the side of the building on his motorcycle (laughs) and the Hulk jumps up and then Spider-Man swings away and uh, Wolverine's like show offs. And then he has to take the elevator (laughs) up. He takes the elevator. (laughs) The subphotonic spectro analyzer is just a classic uh, FF nonsense uh, science uh, device. Is it ever? Is it ever? I want to say something about Delilah, I was having a hard time figuring out like what was going on with her character. First off, I thought she is a scroll, right? Yeah. Yeah. They aren't normally telepathic in any way, right? No, but there are mutant scrolls. Okay. All right, then. Is that what we have here? It, I that don't never, know if that she's never a comes out. <laughs> or, 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 or something like that. I mean, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd think if she was, this being the late 80s, early 90s, they would have plastered that all over the place. They used to advertise Spider Man by referring to him as the non mutant superhero, just to get the word mutant on the cover. Mm-hmm. They don't explain in this why she's a telepath, but. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm stepping back here. Chris, what else did you have? <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. You know, I thought this was going to be a unspoken issues oh are you picking panels i don't care let's do it i'll just point out a panel that i really like i mean me too you could pick so many from these issues because of art adams adams yeah dude. but uh i think it's page 14 the last panel with the scroll looking down at his readings and like the light is shining on his face and he's got this crazed look in his eyes (laughs) yes uh I, i love that panel uh that's good stuff man how about you evan you got one Let's see. So page 29, if you count the ads, right after Natsu shows them the bodies, the the reactions, especially the Hulk's face, just, Mm -hmm. you know, because, I mean, the the Hulk's like, yeah, I'm not I'm not fooling with you guys. I got my own stuff to do. And then, I mean, Adam's art, the Hulk is visibly shaken at the idea that the Fantastic Four are dead. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's just a great reaction shot there. There are some great facial expressions from the Hulk in these in these issues. I want to go back and read more of this guy. Was he doing Fantastic Four for a while, or did he just show up for this? Or do you guys know? I think just these. You won't find much. (laughs) Wow. Which, Evan, we discussed that on the issue we did on Monkey Man and O'Brien, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, did, most, he didn't do a lot of interior. covers and, and stuff like that. Huh. I know he did some X Men. He did the uh, the long shot limited series, yeah, right? The original long shot, yeah. Series. And he he's the I, I've got a I've got an X Men poster that he did with you know all the X Men up to that point and X Factor. That's that's just awesome. Well, you guys left me the easiest pickings of the bunch. That would be the final page where we have a yeah. whole new mm-hmm. Fantastic Four getting ready to go out on a mission. Uh, and I just realized if you look at Sue in the back there, she looks like she's covering her eyes, like she's crying. But if you look at her face, it's <laughs> almost like she's smiling. Uh, oh, yeah. Is, yeah. That's creepy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, man, you're, you're seeing the this is this is the four for right now. How many times? Of course. How many times did Ghost Rider have to say vengeance in this comic? <laughs> <laughs> it's contractually obligated, I think, for at least for an issue. Right. I think it that's is, about all Simonson knew about him. So, <laughs> vengeance. There shall be a just measure of vengeance. But I mean, man, I, I still remember. You know, I, I was like, I think I was ten years old when this came out, and when when Wolverine says, "Just call us the new FF," I'm like, "Holy crap! The new Fantastic <laughs> Four. This is insane." Could I mean, they've replaced one or two, but this is the whole. This is the whole team. And I, you know, I, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is clever that they're, because you know, the the Fantastic Four, 
even now it's kind of seen as a little bit old fashioned, a little bit more traditional. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we were coming into the really edgy era of comics and stuff. So, you know, the, these guys, you know, I mean, Spider-Man's probably the most traditional of them when you factor in the, the gray Hulk. So the, these guys, you know, were like really kind of going against the grain of, of the fantastic four and just to have, I mean, I didn't think the FF were really dead, but just, you know, to have Wolverine declare, we are the new fantastic four. Oh Yeah. And then the next issue, the new Fantastic Four do just what Wolverine said. Uh, <laughs> it was just, yeah, I, I, I was pumped. Awesome. You know, I also wanted to point out the first of these three issues, according to Marvel uh, Unlimited anyway, came out in February of 91. Uh, really? So this would have been the 30th anniversary of the Fantastic Four this year. Oh, oh. wow. Um, okay. And I remember like around, you know, when I first got into comics early 90s, I would see that a lot like... I remember an issue of Spider-Man that came out that where Peter had his 30th birthday because it was the 30th anniversary of Spider-Man, you know? Um, and I guess that was in 92. So he had his 30th birthday. Is that, is that what they said? They had, he celebrated his 30th birthday in the pages. Yeah. He, he had like a surprise that Mary Jane threw him like a surprise party. And I think it's because it was the 30th anniversary of Spider-Man's first appearance. He has uh, never, he has never aged since then. <laughs> Pretty sure he got right. younger. At some yeah, point. yeah he's, he's younger at this point. No, I just wanted to point out that was thirty years from their first appearance, and now it's been thirty-two years since these since comics. Since that, yeah. so just start Get digging it, Chris, the graves. <laughs> you do not even have to tell me. Trust me. Every day I sit here and think to myself, "Man, I'm so old." Well, yes, more time has passed since this came out than it passed since the first appearance of the Fantastic Four when it was oh, released. Dude. Well, let's go ahead and we will get into the next issue, issue 348, Where Monsters Dwell, or is it Where Creatures Roam? So, uh, the world's writing... most commercialist comic magazine. <laughs> <laughs> really leaning yes. into it. Yeah, they are. Uh, so our creative team, I'm pretty sure, stays the same. Let me look here real quick, just checking. Yeah, I mean... Main duties, Walter Simonson on writing, penciling by Art, Arthur Adams, inking Art to Bear. Looks like penciling assistant listed here, Gracine Tanaka. Al Milgram is doing some inking on pages 13 through 16. Lettering by Bill Oakley and coloring by Steve Buccoletto. I guarantee you I'm butchering his name and I apologize, <laughs> sir. Okay, here we go. In our second issue, as the new FF take their leave, we realized Delilah was in the form of Sue Richards and that the rest of the Fantastic Four are tied and left in the elevator shaft unconscious. Delilah does release Reed Richards, but using her psychic influence, telepathic influence, and remaining in the form of Sue, she convinces him to help her search for an egg-like sphere that holds a weapon of great power called an inorganic technotroid, or ITT. We gotta find it. Find it. Reed successfully finds where he believes it was last seen in the Catskill Mountains. Once they arrive, they find a tunnel and begin to begin to descend, believing it will take them to their prize. The new FF begin to head south to find the source of the monster invasion on their scanners and end up running into one that is attacking a jetliner. While Hulk leaps to attack it and Spider-Man attempts to cover the holes in the plane with webs, they are able to distract the monster from the plane. The winged behemoth forgets about its prey and is soon off towards Monster Isle with the new Fantastic Four close behind. Following it into a cave, the new FF arrives just in time to see Mole Man using his monsters to attack that team of scrolls we were talking about in the first issue that came to find Delilah. 
Able to convince cooler heads to prevail, Spider-Man learns from the Mole Man that the scrolls were behind the monster attacks. When Ghost Rider hits the scroll captain with the penance stare, we learn that Delilah is part of a group that plans to assassinate assassinate the scroll emperor, and they believe she came to Earth to find help. When Spider-Man pulls out the tracker given to them by Sue, the scrolls instantly recognize it as a scroll technology and the team learn they have been played. Looking to head back and confront her, the team is about to leave when Delilah, in the, in the, still in the form of Sue, and Reed show up. Hulk looks to start fighting, and Reed jumps to her defense. However, the Hulk is ready to rumble, as he believes Reed is already dead, and the one before him is a scroll. So there we go. That is issue two. Let's talk about it. Chris Armstrong, you're up first, man. What are you thinking? To start with, this cover is kind of iconic now. Oh, yeah, it is. Yes, it <laughs> Very is. Very cool image of all of them jumping at the reader. And I always like it when an artist I'm a fan of has to draw, like, really small versions of the characters, like in a big wide shot or whatever. He does it here in the in the corner box with all the new FF members in the in the, uh, <laughs> the little box above the price. You know, this cover probably... By less than a year, made it out without a without like a holographic background or something like that on mm, it. True. Uh, if it had come out eight to ten months later, it probably would have had some kind of special cover. I am imagining it with chromium holographic foil right now. <laughs> I'm kind of amused by what's what's the Sue Imposter's name again? Delilah. Oh, Delilah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when she's got the the FF all tied up in the in like a, an elevator or whatever, like what an elaborate plan, like oh, right. to keep them all in check. You got to know how to tie some rope at that point. Oh, okay. This guy goes over here and he stretches. He's going <laughs> to choke this person out. And I'm like, she definitely did her due diligence and in, in tying them all up. <laughs> the winged Mothra style giant monster that the Hulk has to, uh, to attack on the plane. Uh, I like it when uh, he basically is smiling at the camera whenever uh, we get one shot, a specific shot of him uh, right before he jumps off. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really like that image with Hulk, kind of like a confused Hulk hanging on his arm. Um, <laughs> towards the end, once they get into the Mole Man's lair and stuff, the the uh, creature from the original FF number one, I guess, <laughs> when he steps on the Hulk's foot. Oh, no kidding. That's the first <laughs> thing I think of when I think of the new FF story that has always stuck out to me and that the way they do the panel with the circle around his foot, like uh, highlighting what's going on there. That's hilarious, dude. Like of all the things that's going to happen in this book, the Hulk getting his foot stepped on it is probably one of the, it's up there. It's, it's top three for me for hilarity that happens. Like he's, and then his reaction, you know, and again, our Adams knocking it out of the park with facial expressions. (laughs) Unreal. Uh, the only other thing I really have is, uh, you know, Spider-Man is kind of thrown into the leadership position by default because, you know, Hothead Hulk's not going to do it. Nobody really knows what's going on with Ghost Rider. This era of Wolverine, like, he's right. not interested in, in in that. He's just kind of, just show me what to stab. That's basically right. his motto at this point. So Spider-Man kind of has to take the lead on his own and try and negotiate with Mole Man and all that stuff. That's always interesting. And the way Adams, mostly with the coloring, uh, shows the penance stare is uh, is a really cool image, but oh, dude, that skull! <laughs> I mean, it is frightening. Frightening. I'm so glad we get the new FF in like a fantastic, a fantastic car almost. I mean, I guess yeah. that's a fantastic car, but <laughs> yeah, I'm they call so it glad something we else. I think it's supposed to be some kind of new experimental thing or something, but it's essentially a fantastic car. Yeah, right. They're all flying around in that. 
you know, and we got terminal gravity wave rider. <laughs> Perfect. I guess Ghost Rider's bike doesn't show up again at this point from this point on. You're right. I, I don't recall it being a part of the story after this. Yeah. Must have gotten towed. <laughs> that's, he's got that that's the spinoff i want to see in in peter david's new one is ghost rider you know like <laughs> trying to get his bike out of impound he's part he's got it let's okay so it's probably on top of four freedoms plaza because that's where he drove it to <laughs> unless he's that much of a jerk he's going to drive it down the stairs into the building hopefully not <laughs> he's got it parked up there just wanted to point out the experimental gravity wave rider it's not quite the, the same angle, but that image of them in it is like kind of what sets the, the new Fantastic Four, the new new Fantastic Four series in motion. Um, a guy who has some kind of power in this new series sees uh, an image from the Daily Bugle of that, which uh, it, they reveal that Spider-Man had set up a camera across the street. Uh, <laughs> oh. And and so that's that's how this guy ends up calling on this version of the Fantastic Four for help because he saw it on the on the Daily Bugle. So that that specific moment and image comes back in the the new series. I was surprised at how close Monster Island is to the Catskills. Yeah, um, I, I, you'd think they'd be walking for a while. I mean, it, it must have been an express. It's supposed to be in the Bermuda Triangle, isn't it? There you what? go. Yeah, there's there's probably some sort. Of, like, give give Chris a no prize. There's uh, <laughs> probably some sort of time warp or or, sure. or whatever. But yeah, it's like okay, here we are in the Catskills and uh, Monster Isles in the Bermuda Triangle, and oh, yep, here we are. Mm. But I mean, you know, they they weren't they weren't stretching this bad boy out to fill a trade. They were just like, let's tell this story and <laughs> get get ready for the anniversary issue. What else? Yeah, I was wondering the whole time where Franklin was. Um, you know. Like she, she's a telepath. She knows uh, Sue had or has the hots for Namor, but she didn't notice the six-year-old in the in the penthouse. And they they get more specific on this in the third issue. There was a moment in the first issue where once Reed realizes it's not Sue, he figures she's got to be a telepath because she knows all this stuff that that a stranger shouldn't be able to know. And so you've got this thing where she's apparently legitimately has the hots for Reed Richards and he's, he's playing into that. And you kind of wonder, you know, is, is she telepathically influencing him? Oh, and uh, we, we, we get the answer to that in, in three forty nine. but um, it's it, that, that, that's pretty good. I don't, I don't know if it's subtle, but it, it, it's, it's a nice bit of character work there that, you know, uh, you, you're not quite sure if Reed's being mind controlled or what I'll put a pin in that one. Okay. Oh my gosh! I just found an ad. I just found an ad for the Silver Surfer Nintendo game. Oh, get that soundtrack ready! Oh my gosh, the greatest <laughs> video game soundtrack that ever there was. When when they're following the the big Mothra Swiss cheese looking thing back, and Spider Man says, "There's something else. We're heading right into the heart of the Bermuda Triangle." And Hulk gives a very dated reference. We aren't superstitious, are we? A tough little arachnid like you? Maybe you'd better quit subscribing to that Time Life Mysteries of the Unknown series. Dude. I have two of those books sitting upstairs right now. <laughs> I found them at a yard sale. I, uh, I, 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 I figured, I'm like, did you buy them then or did you find them at a yard sale or an auction? I don't know how you can pass those books up at a yard sale for like a buck a piece. There's well, no. no way. That took me back to my childhood as much as anything else in this. Uh, in this <laughs> and I, I never got them or read any of them. I just, those commercials were everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were. Maybe no one can fully explain these things, but they can no longer be ignored. 
That's why Time Life takes a serious look into this world with a remarkable new series, Mysteries of the Unknown, to provide an objective and comprehensive look at what may lie beyond our ordinary reality. Evan talked about uh, they weren't writing this for the trade, and clearly they weren't, but I, I actually found a trade of New Fantastic Four, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, from the era, like from that was printed like in the early 90s. Uh, and that was a rare thing in those days. You didn't see very many trade paperbacks, really. Did they uh, did they pad it out with like FF374 or anything like that? Or was yeah, it just, say, just Mike's Amazing World of Comics does. This is one thing I like about this site. It tells us where these issues are actually reprinted. 347 was reprinted in Fantastic Four Mar- Monsters Unleashed trade paperback from 1992. X-Men Legends R. Adams trade paperback. Okay. I'm going to step into the other room and see, because I think I know where that trade is. <laughs> okay. The vi- And the Visionaries one would have had a lot more Walt Simonson Fantastic Four, because he, he, he was the regular writer at this point, I believe. Right. Okay, I was wrong. It's got all three of them. <laughs> is, it, is it Monsters Unleashed? Yes, yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's. Let's go ahead and pick a panel. Go for it. Now, I'll, I, I, I've already talked about my panel, which is the one where Hulk gets his foot stepped on. Okay. All right. Evan, or you the got reaction. one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Reaction's great. It's on page page seven when Reed's waking up and and uh, Delilah is grabbing him by by the shirt. Just that look of rage on her face. I mean, <laughs> if. If the Hulk's facial expressions, uh, you know, were were the the star attraction in here, then uh, Scroll Sue's uh, is are a close second. Yeah. Wow, man, that is. I, my wife may have looked at me like that one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you you probably didn't do it again. I didn't. Like I said, she did it once. <laughs> uh, we kind of already talked about it, but I'm going to take Ghost Rider's face aflame with mm. the pen and stare. So gaze into the pennant stare of the ghost rider and see <laughs> there your past speak. I will take that panel, man. Vengeance, you ain't kidding. Vengeance. <laughs> right. You guys ready to talk about eggs got legs? No, the no. world's most collectible comic magazine. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, eggs got legs, uh, our creative team or love conquers all, excuse me. Uh, so this is, uh, Issue 349 of Fantastic Four. It looks like our creative team pretty much stays the same. We even have our uh, fill-ins or our helpers here, our sisters. Uh, sisters. That is not a word. Um, uh, the assistants, uh, Gracine Tanaka is helping on penciling, and Al Milgram steps in for some inks uh, on pages 4 through 24. Delilah, Delilah has begun to use her telepathic influence, causing the Mole Man to use his minions now to attack the scrolls. And she escapes with Reed further into the caves to find the ITT. Remember, that's the thing that they're this big, this egg thing that she's looking for, the sphere that she's looking for that she believes, I think, is going to be a weapon to help her cause. The new Fantastic Four are able to break Delilah's hold thanks to Ghost Rider's flames and head after her. Yeah, he catches stuff on fire. And that uh, brings some people to their senses, and they start they they take off after Delilah. Meanwhile, the rest of the Fantastic Four back in Four Freedoms Plaza, they awaken the elevator shaft and are rescued by Franklin. Uh, they are also then able to determine where Reed has gone and head to Monster Isle. So now they're on their way to uh, confront Delilah and find out what's going on. 
Inside the caves, Reed and Delilah find the ship holding the ITT, but the new FF stop them in their tracks. As Delilah takes Reed hostage, she commands Hulk to bust into the ship and knock out the sphere with the ITT inside. With the combined efforts of Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Spider-Man, they are able to cause the sphere to open, revealing the egg of the ITT inside. Just then, the Mole Man arrives with his minions and wants the egg for its power, directing his minions to attack. Then, the Thing, Sue Richards, She-Thing, and the Human Torch arrive to help out Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Hulk, and Wolverine. As Mole Man directs more massive monsters into the battle, Delilah goes for the egg. However, Spider-Man attaches his web his webs and slings it into the air where it lands in the arms of one of the giant behemoths. The monsters have been watching over this egg for a while now. And when Mole Man directs the Moloids, is that what they're called? Moloids? Yeah, he calls them subterraneans in here, but uh, at some point they, they became known as Moloids. I, I was wondering about that because he, he doesn't use that term here, but that's, yeah. that's what they're usually called. Okay. When Mole Man tells the Moloids to attack the monsters, the monsters fight back. So picture this chaotic battle scene that's going on right now. You know, you got this egg that everybody's trying to get, especially the Mole Man. The monsters are trying to protect it. The monsters who are usually controlled by Mole Man are now considered his enemies. So he sicks the Moloids after the monsters. Not a good idea. And the scrolls who have been sitting back watching this are just like, okay, we're in trouble now. So we're going to use a bomb to blow the cave up. But before that can happen, the egg hatches and out pops the ITT, believing the large monster that was watching over it to be its mo mother. The ITT goes after the scroll captain, grabbing him with, because the scroll captain is this threat that has this bomb, and he, the ITT grabs and goes deep into the ground, burrows with him into the ground, taking, taking the captain and the bomb with it where it explodes, leaving the ITT the only thing to crawl out of the tunnel it created. As Delilah tries to convince Reed to leave with her, Reed removes the disruptor she had been using as a weapon and punches her flat out in the face. When she looks to use her mental powers to make Reed kill his wife, Sue, Ghost Rider hits her with that penance stare, baby, leaving her a rambling mess destined to live out her years, reliving the pain she has caused others. The teams head to the service to leave just as... Frank Castle is about <laughs> to bomb one of the monsters returning there, but he decides better when he sees the FF emerging from the caves. Yes, what does it say here? It says, featuring the world's most exploitative cameo, and they are not kidding. Boy, am I glad they lived up to that. That was, I that mean, was yeah, perfect. That, he's the only guy who could uh, match the new FF individual members for overexposure back then. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because if you remember right, we... When you first proposed this, I was like, yeah, it's made up of Punisher, Ghost Rider, and the Incredible Hulk, and uh, Wolverine, right? And you're like, Punisher's not in that. And I, I had to double check. I was like, there's no way. It's all because of this right here. All because I saw <laughs> that skull in the bottom corner of this issue. I assumed that he was part of the new FF. But obviously it's not. And it, boy, is it ever an exploitative cameo. He shows up for <laughs> what I think maybe a panel. Is it a panel or two? Like, uh, I'm looking here. Four yeah. panels total, I count. Oh, wow. <laughs> Was yeah. it four panels? Boy, that's more than I... I mean... Did, and I didn't just, read a lot of Punisher back then. Was the Punisher chopper a thing? No. I've, I can tell you that I've <laughs> never seen the Punisher chopper until now. I, there's no way there's a helicopter flying around with the Punisher skull on the side of it. Well, there is and, nowadays. It's well, probably like I, a... I, 
police department or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I remember when I initially read this, I wasn't sure that was the Punisher. I thought it was like some military guy that just had a skull on his uh, on his, on his chopper or something. Well, you wouldn't so, know. Like, if, Punisher if, doesn't if, have a doesn't have a helicopter. Right. They yeah. don't. I mean, other than you're, you're looking at the co- uh, the front cover, but I mean, it's not like he refers to himself. Like, what are you doing, Frank? Oh, just turn around and go home. He didn't. Any, he didn't do any of that. Um, yeah. But I should correct myself. He Frank is visible in three panels. The chopper is visible in five panels. Okay. All right. Evan, I'm going to let you go first here, buddy. We're finishing up. This is 3:49. Eggs got legs. What are your thoughts? Uh, this is definitely the the best issue of a of a fun story. I mean, you know, they they said on the cover the first one had everything, including the kitchen sink. Although I flipped through it multiple times and could not find a kitchen sink. But uh, <laughs> not confirmed. Yeah, but th- this issue ha- has has even more. I mean, and and uh, you know we we've been raving about the art, but the the dialogue starts to catch up with with it in this one. I mean, when when Delilah is manipulating the moment. <laughs> He says, Child, you have touched my heart. I too have known the stigma of ostracism. The the Hulk gets even more more uh, snarky and sarcastic. You know, when all the monsters start coming home, he go, he goes, uh, Oh great, another monster. Maybe I'll die of boredom before they can kill me. <laughs> can, can, can you imagine like the Hulk on Facebook or Twitter? The this version of the Hulk. Oh no. Oh, no. Or, or or when uh and then you've got a little uh, little mini callback to Secret Wars with the Hulk holding up the cave on him when when a bomb goes off and uh, Ghost Rider starts carving his way out of there and the Hulk goes, "Don't bother me. I think I'm about to get struck speechless," uh, which is like the the closest he gets to to complimenting anybody. And then you know you've got where we find out that that Reed has been playing along. You know, like I said back in 347, he realized she was a telepath, so he's been like playing along, going, "Oh man." She looks just like Sue, but somehow even more beautiful. It is really kind of a a nice you know, moment to remind you that that Reed Richards is is always the smartest guy in the room, and it, it's before he was you know completely incapable of interacting with other people. Like <laughs> like like you see him a, a lot these days. He's like, oh yeah, she's sure gorgeous. Why I think I'm in love with you. And I mean, you know, she she's you know fancies herself this master manipulator, and Reed's you know playing her the the whole time. It, great moment with the Hulk and and the thing fighting back to back. Uh, usually they're, they're pounding on each other. And Jesse, I don't, I don't know if you, cause I know you weren't reading fantastic Four at this time. That's actually a suit of armor that, that the original thing is wearing. There was some point where when he lost his powers, but he still wanted to, to fight that Reed made him a suit of armor that looks and functions just like when he has his powers. Wow. Oh, oh wow. Okay. I was going to ask no about idea. that too. And that's um, you mentioned a character called Ms. Thing that was in uh, when Matt Fraction was writing Fantastic Four and the torch was dating a pop star. I think her name was like Darla Deering or something. The Fantastic Four was going on a time travel field trip with their kids and they were supposed to be gone for one minute of real time. And so they each picked somebody to stand in as a member of the Fantastic Four just in case something went wrong. And wouldn't you know, something went wrong. (laughs) So the Thing picked She-Hulk, who had replaced him before. Uh, Invisible Woman picked Medusa, who had replaced her before. 
Mr. Fantastic picked Scott Lang, Ant-Man, who had replaced him before, and the torch forgot and so told his girlfriend uh, she should be his his fill-in. And the FF disappeared, and so she's like, okay, no, I was picked. I'm part of the Fantastic Four. So they dug out the old thing armor and put her in it just without the helmet. Uh, And so she she went around uh, calling herself Ms. Thing. I see. No, I had no idea about the armor thing at all. Uh, I thought I, I thought when we hit this, I was like, oh, okay, Ben can change now? I didn't... Yeah, that's what I thought, too. That was one of the few things that's not explained or given any context in, in this. And the reason I knew it, um, and because if there's one thing I'm going to, you know, shoehorn in a reference to besides Squirrel Girl, it's the old uh, TSR Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. <laughs> um, and I had a, a module for that called Murder World, where uh, the Fantastic Four took on Arcade and then a bunch of their, you know, greatest hits from the rogues gallery. And it had, uh, She-Hulk was a member at the time, but they included um, stats for the thing. And it said there was a time when he lost his powers and Reed made him this armor. So uh, so it was actually the, the role-playing game <laughs> that let wow. me figure out what was going on there. Another thing I liked is that um, even though, you know, it was kind of a gag why they picked these four characters for it i thought it was cool that they were the four that she needed their specific abilities let her get to the itt you know the the hulk broke it out and spider-man and wolverine working together disabled the security system and then you had to have a mystic weapon so that that was that was kind of cool um the way they they explained why why she chose those four you know, it, it, it all came together kind of quickly, but we were talking about Spider-Man, you know, sort of being the, the leader and the voice of reason. And he, uh, you know, the mole man's like, OK, I'm going to destroy you guys. And Spider-Man's like, OK, well, you know, what do you what do you got? A few million subterraneans. We've got the Fantastic Four, the Hulk, Wolverine and Ghost Rider. Um, have you ever seen the Hulk when he's really mad? Do, do you think you're going to have much of a kingdom left? <laughs> and the mole man's like, hey, you know what? Let's just let's just go our separate ways. On second thought, <laughs> yeah. I may have misjudged this. So yeah, just a, a, a blast of an issue. Just it has all kinds of stuff and just loads of fun. And you know, st- still some good good moments, true to the characters. Except I, I know Chris, you said something about vengeance. Maybe the only thing Simonson knows about Ghost Rider. I wonder <laughs> about that that panel where he's like, "What's this? A new power?" I'm almost wondering if that wasn't drawn and somebody said, hey, Ghost Rider can't do that. <laughs> so they had to write in some dialogue explaining that, oh, yeah, he can. Yeah, oh, that, which, that makes sense. <laughs> which one are you talking about there? Where, where, where like, Mole Man tells, no, where Mole Man tells uh, his Moloids to kill the Skrulls and Ghost Rider, you know, as he's towering above them, reaches out and the flames come up to protect the Skrulls. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. But again, that's that's how comics were done back then, whereas now it would be like, you know, check out the four-issue limited series explaining why Ghost Rider can shoot fire now. <laughs> Nobody has, like, notes on the inorganic Technotroid, do they? Because I'm, I'm about to lay some stuff out there. Go, no. go, go on. Right, here it is. First appearance of Let the inorganic... The, <laughs> the it. First appearance of the ITT was Fantastic Four, number 349. Does it stick around? Well, there's four appearances of the ITT. Let's take a look. The ITT shows up in Fantastic Four, Volume 1, 349. Silver Surfer, Volume 3, Number 95. Oh, man, on my back issue search list. Yeah. (laughs) Spider-Man Fantastic Four, Volume 1, Number 3. And then, wow, Cosmic Ghost Rider getting in on this. Cosmic Ghost Rider (laughs) Destroys Marvel History, Volume 1, Number 1. 
What oh, is that? Oh, that's in my uh, that's in my Marvel Unlimited library. I had no idea it tied into this series. Oh, is that? And I know you and you and Mark talked about Cosmic Ghost Rider. Yeah, that's the sequel. Um, I forget what what the one was called that, that Mark and I did, where basically where uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider went back in time to kill uh, Thanos as a baby. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel history is the sequel. Okay. So um, no ITT or New Fantastic Four, just Howard the Duck as the Juggernaut in that one. Oh, okay. All right. And gotcha. Thanos in a Punisher t-shirt. Oh, unbelievable. So there you go. There's some ITT knowledge for y'all. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Anything else there? Is anybody for? else thinking, whenever you say ITT, is anybody thinking ITT Technical Institute, or is that just mm-hmm. a regional thing? Maybe. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Um all right. Anything else there, Evan, before I throw it over to you guys are sending me messages and I'm going to have to start and look and stop and look at them now. Oh, there's that. OK, there's the Punisher. Teach. There's this Silver Surfer. Incredibly hard video game advertisement, right? Oh, yes. And, it is intense for the 30 seconds you can play it before you have to start over. <laughs> uh, and what was Chris? I saw you had sent something, too, I thought. Uh, oh, yeah, there it is. The monster. Monsters Unleashed. Look at that. And they use those guys for the cover. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. it, when Was there anything else padded out in that in that um, book? Or was it just those three uh, issues? It, it's just the three issues. And then there's like some pinups and like conceptual art in the back. That thing, that's pretty cool. That's actually really cool. It's interesting that that got released in 92. So that would have been two years, about a year or so probably after this. Yeah. Um, so it, even at that point, 90- it was a hot. Yeah, but in in '92 there there wouldn't have been anything to pad it out. Um, right. So yeah. we, we 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 can wrap it up. I I do I did actually uh, do what I said, and I, I do know a little bit about. Uh, can tell you a little bit about where they went from here. But uh, yeah, um, there there was not a new uh, there was not another new Fantastic Four story at that point. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead. Uh, let me let me throw it over to you, Chris. What do you think of this uh, this issue, man? Most of the stuff has already kind of been covered because um, I didn't have a whole lot of notes on this. But Evan is right that this is uh, it's kind of a packed issue and it's not a very serious storyline. It's just a really fun comic from the early 90s with like unbelievable art. <laughs> Ghost Rider is kind of like the MVP. He, uh, you know, he uses his new power to like break the spell uh, of the telepathy and save the scrolls. And then, you know, he has, he uses his chain to create the escape from from under the rubble and he you know also is, plays a part in uh, you know use of his mystical chain to get the egg free it's cool that they you know like evan said that all of the new ff members have a role to play in that and getting that out but uh, but yeah really cool conclusion uh to the issue we get a little shirtless hulk at the end going old school <laughs> um but yeah that's pretty much all i got a really cool story um and it's not a surprise that they wanted to, you know, th- th- this was a big hit and they wanted to, to bring them back as a team occasionally. Yeah. To see yeah, everything happens all at once, it seems like there. Once everybody gets in in together on, in the cave. So we got the new FF. We've got the old FF. We've got Mole Man. We've got the Scroll team. We've got Delilah. We've got Reed. We got the ITT and the big monsters, the Moloids. There is so much happening in this final issue. It's pretty crazy. There are some really fun moments, especially to try and watch. It's neat to see this team, the new Fantastic Four. But what an oddball 
grouping of superheroes, <laughs> you know? It's not, it's like, it's cool to see them together, but you're thinking, you know, these guys just don't seem like it'd be a team that would work. They Two of them are mortal enemies, practically. <laughs> right. Hulk yeah. and Wolverine are, are not ever usually on the best of terms. It's fun. Uh, it's definitely, if you think too hard about this thing, you know, how, how in the world you go from the Catskills to the Bermuda Triangle? How in the world Practice. did... I'm sorry. <laughs> How in the world did the rest of the FF get there so quickly? You, you don't don't think too hard about it. Just sit back and have a good time. I mean, I had a good time. I the the main thing I was trying to figure out was like, oh man, what is this ITT going to be? Uh, what is this thing going to do? Trying to figure out who Delilah was, and or I should say, what her motives were. I I thought Delilah for a while. I thought she was going to be a good guy. Uh, it, they don't really set her up like that in the beginning, but I thought her motives were going to be like, I need help, and this is the only way I can get help. But by the end of the story, she's not a good guy. I mean, she she is not. She's using her powers uh, to manipulate everybody. When Ghost Rider hits her with the pen and stare, that's it. She's done. Do you know how evil you had to be uh, pre-Captain Marvel movie to make the scrolls seem sympathetic or not so bad? Right. <laughs> True, because they were always looked at as a villain. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's that's not the case here. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I had a good time here. This is the first time I've read these three issues. I've known about them forever and a day. I've known about the team. I think my first exposure, I wanted to read the what if that we were talking about uh, earlier with, um, help me out. Who did the Mark what Ringo? if? Yes. And that's, I wanted that's at least the the second what if about the new Fantastic Four. <laughs> oh, really? There, there was one closer closer to this that I, I don't think I've read. I think I was off of what if at that point. I, I got tired of, you know, seeing beloved Marvel characters brutally killed. Everybody's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, but but yeah, there was there was a 90s. What if? And then they did that one shot they're working on when Mike Waringo passed away and uh, they, they finished that up and kind of I think it was a like a hero initiative or comic book legal defense fund fundraiser. Okay. That, that was the one that actually um, he had started drawing it with Johnny Blaze. And uh, after he <laughs> passed away, they didn't want to go back and change what he'd done. So it was just an alternate reality where Johnny Blaze instead of Danny Ketch. Although, I mean, let, let's face it in, in here, Flaming Skull and Leather Jacket was all you needed. It didn't really matter. Yeah, <laughs> which, I was going to say. Which version it was. Didn't matter which version you got. The Ghost Rider was just straight up Ghost Rider this whole time. Tell me, Chris Armstrong, you got a panel on this last issue? Uh, yes. Let me. I already know what mine is. I'm taking it. I'm going to tell you what mine is right now. And uh, okay, that way, that way you get. I'm taking Ghost Rider swinging his chain and <laughs> rescuing the team by cr melting rock. Um, and when you look at that, that's uh, that's got to be something tough. You got to try and draw. I mean, if, okay, I'll just draw a bunch of circles, but you got a chain, and if you look at it, it's not really. I'm going to take the one, uh, the final panel where he's swinging it. And I, my assumption is that sparks that's coming off of the rock, yeah. all those tiny little squares. Like it's not, it's kind of like a, a melding of fire and sparks uh, as he burrows the new FF out of this cave in. So that's mine. You find yours uh, yet? Yeah. Mine is uh, page 20, the fourth panel, which is the, the ITT. Uh tackling the captain and burrowing into the into the earth we don't see the captain after this again he doesn't crawl he up not. out of there okay i was gonna say if i missed the if i missed the panel where he crawls up and he's just got a bunch <laughs> of like black marks on his face it's like whatever man he i'm pretty sure he met his demise and that bomb exploded 
Okay. And uh, Evan Bevins, what do you think, man? You got a you got a panel you want to take? Um, my my version has has ads, so it says page twenty nine. And uh, I don't I don't know what the rules are, but I, I'm going to take two panels that have to work together. It's when Sue's ready to to kill Reed with her synaptic disruptor, or not Sue, Delilah, <laughs> and she realizes that he uh, that he took it off of her when uh, when they were making out. <laughs> Just her, her, her right. snug, like, okay, this, this is, like, I mean, I don't know how she thinks she's going to get away with anything after she blasts Reed, because there's, you know, two Fantastic Fours there waiting for her, but then just look on her face like, wait, what? Where is this thing <laughs> that I've been using uh, for the last three issues? Yep. Just another great, great facial expressions. Honorable mention to, uh, to the Hulk and the thing back-to-back getting ready to throw down. Well, and, and that's another great set of panels, actually, because you've got Spider-Man and the and the Torch giving each other a hard time too. Because they, I mean, you know, nobody nobody in the Fantastic Four really has history uh, yet with Wolverine or Ghost Rider. So, but you've got the you know the two members of the new Fantastic Four, uh, you know, kind of trading wisecracks with with the original members they're most familiar with. All right, Evan, you said you had some notes here of where things go after this. Why don't you lay them on us? Okay. The uh, other than than the trade that, that Chris introduced us to, well, I think the next time you see the new Fantastic Four, they were listed in the rookies section of the Marvel Series Two trading cards mm-hmm. alongside Darkhawk and Sleepwalker. One of the pinups you you sent us in the chat, Chris, is is the image they used um, with Wolverine getting the Cannonball special. Yeah, that's it. Yes, that is the card. Now I remember that. The next time they appeared in a comic. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that you can uh, read more about that at uh, asterisk51.blogspot.com. <laughs> was in Fantastic Four 374, which came out about not too long after Secret Defenders number one. And it was billed as the Fantastic Four versus the Secret Defenders. But it was uh, the Torch had accidentally uh, burned down Empire State University, like you do. And he was on the run, and Spider-Man asked Doctor Strange to get the new Fantastic Four back together to help track him down. And uh, shockingly, (laughs) having Hulk, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider in the mix did not calm things down. That's where um, the the rest of the FF came in to bail Johnny out, and uh, Wolverine flipped out and slashed the thing across the face Ooh, and I, scarred him, and he had this metal helmet that he wore for a while. Yes, yes, yes. This uh, man. Th- so this issue, this covered the issue three seventy four. Mm-hmm. Sue's outfit at that point. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is. This oh is yeah. The, this is the iconic four boob window. Not not looked upon as very. Uh, let's just say I think that's the uh, known as MILF Sue. Uh, <laughs> she was a uh, she, she was like, hey, if Power Girl can do it, so can I. Yeah, and have a decent little design there too. Yeah, yeah I mean, at, at least at least hers is thematic. I mean, you know, we understand right? why she's got a four. Right. <laughs> In adjectiveless Spider-Man number twenty-two, they sort of got the band back together, except Wolverine was busy, so it was Spider-Man, Hulk, Ghost Rider, and Chris, Sleepwalker. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, he's setting you up for that. That's so rude. I know it should have. It should have been dark. I just, I just figured Chris knew. Revenge of the Sinister Six. Yeah, and you yeah. got uh, Ghost Rider, Hulk, Spider Man, and Sleepwalker on the cover. Like I said, there was a what if. I don't know when when all of these came out. And then there was a uh, an X Men storyline called Ages of Apocalypse, 
because, uh, you know, there's nothing Marvel likes more than reusing titles. Where Apocalypse was doing something and altering the timeline, the Fantastic Four in one of these timelines had gotten killed, and the new Fantastic Four got back together and, and became the Fantastic Four going forward. There was an issue of Wolverine that Eric Larson, uh, again, drew. So Eric Larson must have been a fan of this iteration of the team, because he used them <laughs> twice. And then there was the the What If, the tribute to Mike, Mike Waringo. Um, you know, there there's been different references to it. There's a Spider-Man Fantastic Four that you mentioned, Jesse, that had the ITT in it that um, I, I see a reference to here. I don't know that. But then even before the Peter David limited series that I was talking about that's coming out right now, there was a callback to him in the Empire crossover. Um, don't know if either of you guys read read that. I'm but, to think about yeah. that. What, what you know, that it, it was where the Skrulls and the Kree finally buried the hatchet and teamed up. And everybody thought they were going to attack the Earth, but there was kind of a bait and switch where uh, the Kotati, the uh, the plants that Mantis married into, um, they attacked the Earth. Oh. But the Fantastic Four are up in space dealing with that. Franklin and Valeria, or Valeria, however you say her name, are left back at, at the headquarters. Franklin <laughs> and, and Valeria call in some help, and Wolverine and Spider-Man show up in, like, Fantastic Four-branded suits. And then... Ghost Rider and Hulk show up, but that's actually, I think, uh, Franklin and Valeria, Valeria, like, using an image inducer or something. Mm. But so the kids and Spider-Man and Wolverine are the the new, new Fantastic Four on Earth while uh, while they're out in space. So Okay. Just, it, yeah, they, they, they like to, to reference that a lot. And then, Jesse, one of the first shows you had me on, we talked about the latest Fantastic Four Volume 1. And at the end of that series, Reed and Sue and a lot of the kids from the Future Foundation were facing off against this huge cosmic threat. And Reed said, okay, well, uh, all I need to take you on is, is the Fantastic Four. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure, bring in the Fantastic Four. But he brought in everybody who'd ever been a member of the Fantastic Four. Ah. So, so you had the Hulk, Ghost Rider, Wolverine... Crystal, Medusa, Iceman, which nobody he hadn't actually been a member, but they uh, did like a flashback <laughs> story it, to, to show how he was like a member of the Fantastic Four for a day. So it's something, like I said, if I'm remembering right, it was supposed to be a one-off gag, you know, just, just for this series. And, you know, Chris is right. For Marvel to, to turn around and churn out a trade like two years later, I mean, most of the trades you got were like Dark Phoenix Saga, the seventh printing and stuff right. like that. You know, it's not like now where... As soon as you can slap four or five issues together, it's a trade. I doubt anybody involved imagined it would have this kind of staying power. One of the last pictures you sent over here, Chris, uh, of those the back matter of that yeah. trade. That top rendition of Art Adams trying to come up with what the ITT is going to look like, that looks like Fugitoid <laughs> from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, universe. Yeah. Looks, I mean, aside from the feet, which I can't tell if he's got three legs or if he's got one leg or two legs or whatever, but the face yeah, and the, the arms. Definitely. Yeah. Evan, that was some great research, man. And I, it's awesome to know exactly where this team showed up afterwards. Some fantastic stuff right there. Fantastic. That's the word for tonight. <laughs> Anything left unsaid before we get into plugs? Fantastic Four is not one of my favorite teams of, of uh, superheroes and stuff. I mean, for a while in like the 2000s, it was consistently one of the best comics on the stands, like from from really good to great, basically from the time Mark Wade and Mike Ringo started, because it, it pretty much went from them for like three years 
then J. Michael Krasinski had a good run. Um, and then Mark Miller and Brian Hitch uh, had a good run after that. Uh, and then it was kind of uh, hit or miss for a while. And then Jonathan Hickman had a really good run yeah. after that. So there are also some really great FF runs that I've never read, like from the 80s. Uh, Walt Simonson, uh, his run was in the late 80s, early 90s. I've only read a handful of those issues. And John Byrne had a had a really uh, acclaimed run in like the early to mid 80s that I, I want to read. Uh, consistently good book for like 30 years, basically. So uh, this is a cool look back at a really fun uh, story from, from the early 90s. 100% agree. Speaking of great runs of the Fantastic Four, I'm uh, I'm really optimistic because uh, Dan Slott's leaving, and I've enjoyed that, but uh, Mr. Ryan North will be taking over in November. Yeah. Of unbeatable Squirrel Girl fame. So I'm, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm really pumped about that. That'll Who's the artist supposed to be? Do they have they said? Oh, they did, and I just um, shoot. Of course, nowadays you can't get an artist to do more than a couple uh, issues in right. a row. I can't pronounce the guy's name. It's Ibn Coelho or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then uh, they've got at least for the first few issues, Alex Ross is the one covers. That's cool. So he's yeah, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> his you might have heard his name before. Wow. All right. Well, let's go ahead. We'll get into plugs here. We'll uh, start things off here. Uh, you know, this was this was your baby there, Evan Bevan. So why don't you go ahead and start us out on plugs? What's what's been going on with you, man? Well, um, uh, like I uh, like I tried to shoehorn in earlier, asterisk51.blogspot.com is my uh, blog where I talk about uh, comics, movies, movies about comics, comics about movies, uh, that sort of thing. I did in my. Uh, uh, read through of Secret Defenders. I did jump over to FF number 374. As we're recording this, the first episode of She-Hulk just hit Disney Plus. So I looked back at Peter David's uh, She-Hulk movie where uh, She-Hulk uh, wound up in Hollywood investigating a pretty crappy adaptation of her life story that has no parallels at all to the recent Batgirl fiasco. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you can uh, check out check out my blog to see, uh, you know, what all that those uh, situations don't have in common. Going through, uh, like I said, going through Secret Defenders with a bunch of speaking of random assortments of Marvel characters. There's there's a lot of those, and um, just whatever whatever else I, I stumble upon and can manage to uh, put into a coherent series of uh, sentences. Chris Armstrong, buddy. I know you talk some movies. You talk comics with me every once in a while. What what do you got going on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BrodyMan34. Uh, yeah, and I've also got a, another uh, podcast uh, called Small Screeners, where me and my buddy uh, AJ discuss uh, direct-to-video and made-for-TV movies. Uh, we actually just dropped a bonus episode last night on Prey and what's the, uh, Day Shift, so a Day couple shift, of streaming yeah. Yeah, a couple of big streaming movies that have come out the last few weeks. We got we were recording something else and decided we will just do a bonus episode on those, put that out. And then we've got an episode coming up at the beginning of next month on Batman Under the Red Hood, the DC animated uh, flick from, uh, I think, 2010. Uh, and you can follow the small screeners uh, wherever you can find a pod, wherever you find podcasts. And there are Instagram and Twitter accounts for that podcast at small screeners. 
I don't really have a whole lot else uh, to talk about here. Just kind of keep an eye out for any other additional episodes that will be dropping here on the Source Material feed. We appreciate every single one of you that listen. Love to hear some feedback if you got any. That's Evan Bevins. That is Chris Armstrong. I'm Jesse Starcher. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure to give that Rattelich in Broadcasting Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts we have to offer. We are at home on Spreaker, but you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and recently we have hit the air on Spotify. Find your favorite podcast platform and type in R-A-D-U-L-I-C-H to subscribe for some great content. If you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word. And as always, we appreciate any feedback and look forward to entertaining you again soon.